It wasn't a case of, I want what he's got. It was almost like, I don't want him to have it. Welcome back to the Understanding Men podcast, which is basically two guys talking about the things that men could, but don't speak about anywhere near enough. I'm Luke Sutton, and once again, I'm here with my great friend, Fraser Franks. Fraser, I'm just going to say, before we go into today's podcast, I bloody love doing this. I was thinking about it yesterday. I love doing our podcast. I've no, you know, I know we both get a bit of feedback from people who listen regularly, and that's amazing, and it's great that we have an audience. But genuinely, from, mm. and I'm not trying to sound too like, you know, <laughs> fluffy duffy. I know Valentine's Day has just happened and stuff, but I just love it. It's like an hour's an hour of therapy for me with you. Yeah. I don't know. You, do, you, do you feel the same? Yeah, I do. And, and I was adding it up the other day because I think we're on, you all know better than me, episode 20 Let me test something right anyway. Can you get this? Go on. That's, what, that's what, do like, you, um, what do you think we're on? I'd say 22. Which is, can I just tell you, everyone that's listening, that it slightly hurts me that because I write a little note. I write a little podcast plan before every podcast. And at the top, I write episode number. And, and this is... 20, 24 24 so that's there yeah. we go that's a whole day of me and you talking <laughs> today's subject is jealousy and i guess more specifically we want to talk about why men get jealous as always the topics that will come up in the conversation, we're not saying are entirely exclusive to men, but we're just giving it our perspective of men and diving into it because we, we think it's a really interesting one. So Fraser and I are going to challenge ourselves, each other, as we always do. And as I get the right, because I write the notes and Fraser doesn't read very well, I get to ask the first <laughs> question. <laughs> Fraser, tell me what your strongest memory is a feeling jealous. <laughs> I feel like I've got two from teenage years that I've got that really kind of spring to mind. I think jealousy, I might feel differently after talking about this for an hour, but I think all jealousy is rooted in insecurity. I think every amount of jealousy or that feeling is a feeling of feeling there's fear and insecurity surrounding it in whatever aspect is my view at the moment. I might, I might be different after we've spoken about it a little bit, but I remember, and I think jealousy, a lot of people tie it towards relationships. And I've got an example of, you know, a relationship sense. I wasn't in a relationship. I wish I was at the time because <laughs> it was like my crush, but I've also got an example of, of away from that. So I remember there was a girl that I I was like infatuated with when I was younger. Go and, on, give me uh, a name. What's the name? Ruby. Ruby. She was Ruby. Oh. Yeah. So she. This is when I was about sixteen, and um, like really nice girl. Got on really well with her. And then she she had this boyfriend, like an on and off kind of boyfriend that was a bit of a dick. <laughs> well, you, you, that's your version. Yeah, that's my version. Anyone, anyone was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really liked her, and I remember she was just she was with this guy, and any time I saw like a picture or something go up or them together, I had that massive feeling of oh, 
I, I could only describe that as being jealous. Like I wanted to be in his position, basically. And I did end up, end up actually dating her later down the line a few years after. But yeah, we, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> but the the other aspect that I found loads as a as a kid was jealousy in the sporting environment that I was in. I played for Chelsea, and another kid from my estate played for Arsenal, and we were like the two same age. Mums knew each other, that kind of stuff. We were on like the same kind of trajectory as kids, so playing for the the two kind of top academies. And then we got to the age of 16 and I got released by Chelsea and he got a a contract at Arsenal. So he went into full-time football at Arsenal. I went to Brentford. And at the age of 18, I think it was, it might have been 17, I was on loan from Brentford to Basingstoke Town in like non-league, like part-time football basically. But it was just me getting my experience he was on the bench for Arsenal at the new Camp. And on the same day of, that he was on the bench for Arsenal at the new Camp against Barcelona, I was on the bench at Western Supermare. And it's just a real, <laughs> I swear to you, it's the most vivid memory because I know exactly where I was. And I think it was like Snapchat at the time that was the little platform. But he was doing a video walking around the new Camp playing for Bar- like against Barcelona in the Champions League for Arsenal. And I was at this little stadium looking around going, what has happened here? Like, that's not fair. He's not that much better than I am. He's lucky. He's got this. He's that. And all these kind of excuses and little resentments came up. And it wasn't me going, oh, wow, well done, Craig. Like, I'm so pleased for you. It was, he's called Craig Eastman, by the way. I've just given his name mm. away. I was Look like, well I done. It, there wasn't, yeah. There wasn't <laughs> anything in me going, ah, well done, Craig. I'm really pleased for you. Like you've come from the same background as me and you're doing this. Because I wasn't happy with where I was, I was like, he ain't that good. He ain't this. And I had that kind of real resentment towards him at that age. And it's a funny one actually, because fast forward a few years later, our careers went like that. I remember I was at Stevenage when I was about 25 playing in, in League Two and Craig had fallen away. He got released by Arsenal. He'd He'd gone down into sort of non-league football and he didn't have a club. And I remember he messaged me to try and get him a trial at Stevenage. And I was like, wow, this can change so quickly that I would have given anything to have been in his position a few years back. And now he's trying to get into the team that I'm playing for every week. And it was was a weird reminder, but I always remember that instance there of thinking about where I was and I wasn't happy with where I was. And I've done a lot of like kind of little bits of research looking at the difference between jealousy and, and envy mm-hmm. and that, that crossover. And I think at that yeah. point, you do feel a little bit embarrassed about how you were. Well, I was 17, 18, but it, was, it wasn't a case of I want what he's got. It was almost like I don't want him to have it. And like that real oh, childish right. kind of, it was that kind of, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And I'll happily speak to about that with Craig and he, he'd laugh about it. And he's still playing now. He, he plays for Sutton. But yeah, it was that I kind of had that thing in me that didn't want him to have it. Mm. I think that's kind of where I've crossed over and looked at envy. And I see that a lot now. And I see that in other walks of life, which we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. But I'm going to flip the question. <laughs> what's, your, what's your 
I'd say early, but your biggest example that you, you feel like you've mm. got of, of jealousy? Just before I answer that question, I think the, the really interesting thing is the difference, which we, we, we're talking about already, is that kind of difference between jealousy and envy. And mm. I think there is a bit of a difference. Your, your example is brilliant because you kind of cross over the two. Mm. Envy is that rooted in comparison. So I, you know, I'm comparing myself to them and I want what they've got. And jealousy is rooted in rivalry. I don't want that person to have what yeah. I've got. It's, it becomes something slightly different. And they, they kind of cross over. And that, that's what's going to be really interesting about this conversation. I mean, I, I definitely, I remember at, at school, if I didn't get the girl or mm. stuff like that, I would feel really, really jealous. But the most powerful memories of me, and my, I know my mum listens to every episode, so she'll be giggling. She does the ironing when she's listening to the podcast. We'll have many like sporting occasions as me as a junior, basically being a bit of a spoiled brat and kind of, you know, jealousy running rife that unless I was in charge or leading the show, it was I was going to pull the whole thing down. But the two ones I really remember in my cricket career feeling the most intense, I guess, jealousy, I guess, envy, all of it. One, well, I was at Derbyshire and I got in my early days there, I got dropped from the first team and a lovely guy called Chris Bassano replaced me. And he was a good player, Chris, really nice man. And I remember, <laughs> I remember <laughs> watching the game from the pavilion. It was a one-day game. I'd been in the one-day side and not, obviously not been playing well enough to stay inside, and he replaced me. And I just, he, he walked out to bat, and I remember just staring at him as he was waiting for his first ball, like from the, from the crowd, going, get out, get out, first ball, <laughs> get out, get out. I, like, like I was just, my eyes boring down on him. And do you know what? He got out first ball. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, there was a bit of me that was like, yes. And then there was a bit of me going, oh no, well, have I done yeah. like something to the universe where I've just <laughs> like, like put this focus on him and it happened. But oh my God, I just couldn't bear it that he was in the team instead of me. Mm. And so when I was at, when I was at Lancashire then, and in a different time in my career, I got injured and the young wicketkeeper replaced me, Gareth Cross, who was, who was talented. And he played quite well in the games early on when I was injured. And I remember then just, I hated it, absolutely mm. hated that feeling of kind of comparison, rivalry, all of it in, in there. But I think my, my most profound feelings of jealousy away from, and I don't know if it's jealousy, I, that's what I want to kind of dig into, away from sport as an adult has been where I feel like I'm going to be left. I'm going to be, mm. I don't want to say abandoned. That feels too strong. But like if Joe and I, Joe, Joe and I rarely, if ever, argue, it's just not that way. But if ever we have like a li little difficult moment about something or a day where it's just, you know, some, there's something that's come up, the overriding thing I get is like, oh, I don't, don't go, don't go. There's something in that, I think, which is something that we should talk about now. Mm. Just on the sport front, you know, we've both given sporting examples, obviously, with our background. Do we think that jealousy is such a bad thing then? Where, where is it in context of things? Because it's powerful. It's a mm. powerful emotion, right? It's a really difficult one. And when you say that, that's, that's the thing I struggled with the most as a footballer was not being selected. And I could not deal with that feeling of 
being left out. Just like what you've said there, it was a feeling of being left out and abandoned, like when you're not in the team. Mm. I couldn't get my head around wanting the person in my position to do well because that meant that I would stay where I was and I wouldn't get in the team. No matter how well I trained or tried, if he was doing really, really well and as a defender wasn't letting in any, any goals, he was staying in that team. So I'd, I, I really struggled with it because you, I couldn't hide my face a lot of the time. So people knew that I wasn't happy. And you go in the change room before and you're like, all oh, the best boys. And it was completely fake for me. And Except I'm sat on the you. bench going, <laughs> I'm sat on the bench literally going, I really hope he makes a mistake or we get beat or we mm. concede. And we score a goal and I, everyone else is jumping up on the bench and I'm like, fuck's sake. Like, I'm like, it's mad because it's my team. It's my team. But it is such a selfish, it's a selfish sport. And if I was happy, and I saw a lot of players that were quite happy to sit on the bench, it didn't really hurt them if they weren't in the team. They were happy to come on and play 10 minutes at the end. I couldn't do that. I was I was deeply, deeply hurt and embarrassed if I wasn't playing. Yeah, but did and that drive you then? Did that drive yeah, you forward? 100%. Yeah, 100%. It it dragged me down at times, I'll be honest, because there, there were a few occasions where I was on the bench and all of a sudden the person in my position gets injured and my mind has to flip. I'm, I'm hoping this team get beat. And now I'm going on the pitch going, oh, all right, I, I need to make sure we win now. So, so I probably came on with the wrong kind of mindset at times, sulked at times, took it too far. But it also did drive me because... There were a lot of players that were happy to be squad players. And if I ever felt like I was doing that, I'd I'd make it known that I wasn't happy and I'd probably end up moving clubs and going and playing somewhere else. So I never wanted that long kind of stint on the bench. But the other the other aspect that I was going to talk to you about in within sport before we move on to the next bit is when when I was thinking about jealousy before, as a kid especially, I was on the end of it all. It wasn't me being that jealous of other people. It was so many people being jealous of me and ah. really wanting to bring me down. So I was playing for Chelsea's academy. Now our school was very local to to Stamford Bridge and to Chelsea. It was a we've talked about it before, rough school in Battersea. And at the academy, we, we used to train in Battersea Park. I remember there'd be kids from school going over to the Battersea Park gates, watching me train, shouting abuse, like literally going, "He's shit. He's this. He's that." <laughs> And I'm I'm there with like all these other academy kids, and they're like, "Are they? Is that you they're talking about?" And I'd be like, "Yeah." And it was kids that were really jealous and envious that I was at Chelsea, and I had to stop. I had to stop playing football in school and in the playground because people would literally want to break my legs and you know take the opportunity wow. away from me. And it made it worse when I was about sixteen. I was on a day release program, so for someone that wanted to kind of go under the radar. You're getting a teacher coming into your classroom going, Fraser, you can go now, half day for you because you've got training at the academy. And then every other kid in that classroom is going, what? How does he get to do this? And we're doing geography. And I, I'd sheepishly like walk out, but I remember just feeling on the end of it all the time as a kid. I don't know if you felt the same. No, I, I, it just sparked a really interesting memory for me. When I was about 13, 14, you know what it's like at that age, boys go through puberty, some earlier than others. And the ones that, you know, that go through it earlier, they have a lot of strength advantage mm. compared to other people. And then as you get, everyone gets through puberty, it kind of evens itself out, doesn't it? And in cricket, 
that was quite a big thing because you could just hit the ball harder, you could bowl faster, et cetera, et cetera. And when we were about 13, 14, there was a, a kid who came to my school and I'd played against previously in like representative stuff called Jamie Whelan. And he won't mind me telling this story because we're dropping some names, aren't we? (laughs) No, I know, I know. But when I get to the end of this, you'll understand why. (laughs) So anyway, and we were sort of we were rivals because at that age he was a bit kind of naughty and naughty at school, and you know he was he was pretty wild in his in a way played cricket and that sort of thing. And at that age, I was a real goody two shoes. So we couldn't have been more different as people and as players, right? But we were kind of rivals in the way that we were both trying to make our way at that, at that kind of age and anyway it kind of would break into a clash once in a while not often we had this conversation I'll never forget it at school where Jamie Whelan said to me you will never be a professional cricketer <laughs> <laughs> and I said and I, and I said to him I bet you I will. Well, bearing in mind, we were about 14, okay? And cricket's different to, <laughs> to football. It's not like you don't, you, you know. You will I, never. <laughs> yeah, you will never be a professional cricketer, right? Any, yeah, anyway, so obviously I went on to play professional cricket and unfortunately for Jamie, he didn't, right? I'm not sticking the knife in here. Anyway, okay. the thing is, obviously I never forgot that conversation. You know, I'm, I'm going to be 48 this year and I can still remember mm. it like it was yesterday. And the mad thing was, when I was about 25, I bumped into Jamie Whelan. And at the time, I was captain of Derbyshire, and he was mates with someone we knew. It might have been a player, actually, one of our players. But anyway, he, he came up. We, we were in having a drink in a bar, and I said to him, do you remember that conversation we had at school? <laughs> and he went, yeah, I do. <laughs> really? I thought he was going to yeah. say no. No, he, did. he went, yeah, I do. And I was like, see, I told you. We had a good laugh about it. And actually, he took it really, really well. And isn't it weird that you remember those little moments, like mm. like real specific little moments like that? Yeah, I think it's just a bit of a psychopath in me. Like, mm. you know, yeah. I was, it like burnt a, a little hole in my brain. Like, I'm going to gonna get yeah. you. I wonder yeah. whether that jealousy, that, that rivalry, the things that come with jealousy, mm. is it healthy or unhealthy? It's a fine line, isn't it? Right. So here's one thing I was thinking of, because I was in the gym the other day with... Another name, Bradley Simmons is called. He's a personal trainer, got a big following on Instagram. I remember a while back we were talking, he posts videos, workout videos of his shirt off. And I know for a fact he gets DMs from people saying, don't you think that could be triggering for someone else? And he was like, what, what do you mean? And, he's, and, and I've seen like a lot of his DMs. It's like people going, you know, there are people out there that aren't feeling as good about their body. You shouldn't be doing that and kind of like attacking him because he's doing a workout without a shirt on. That for me, I, I remember watching something. It was probably when I was drinking quite a lot and eating crap when I finished playing football. And I think I watched an episode of Love Island, which I will never do again. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember Fraser, watching... Fraser would have slipped a few DMs in there after that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching Love Island going, flipping out like, these lads are in good shape. I'm looking down going, I need to get in the gym here. I need to make a bit of a change. And for me, instead of looking at that and going, look at these idiots, I looked at myself and was like, right, I, I need to sort myself out here. It, it genuinely made me the next day go and sign up for the gym again and try and eat healthy, healthily. Whereas someone else is going, and it's, it's like what Bradley gets, look at him showing off. And a little bit like I had with Craig, it was that kind of crossover in that, 
look at him at the new camp like he doesn't deserve that and i know i look at i look at things like social media and i only follow who i want to follow i don't follow things that are going to annoy me or whatever it is like that but i i see something that, that maybe someone else has got that i kind of want and i i use it as motivation rather than jealousy and mm. i think that's a real difference like i think some people look at it uh, you know, you could look at Bradley with his top off and go, right, I want to look like that when I've got my shirt off rather than going, no, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be posting that. That's, you know, that's not right. And that could be triggering to other people. And that's making me feel bad about my body. It's, mm. it's, you can use it as, as fuel or it can, it can kind of bring you down. But for me, all the examples that I kind of used in and around that context, it just shone, it was like someone holding a mirror up to my own life going, right. This is what these look like. This is what you look like. And I could have gone, well, look at them idiots and carried on eating and drinking or going, right, yeah, probably need to sort myself out here. And it's just little mm. things like that. And I think social media is a difficult one for it because that that will create a lot of jealousy, a lot of envy. You've got people showing off their highlights and holidays and homes and stuff like that. And it can make you, I'd be lying if I didn't look at the back of someone's house at times and go, car look at that house look what look what i'm in like that kind of that kind of aspect but it's a it's a human trait i think as we'll come on to like i do think it's a human trait jealousy mm, but do you know do you not think there'll be a few people going look at those two clowns on this podcast yeah yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? They've, More got, than a, they've got a great point a great point I'm with them. I, that one star review either. he's he's there he's doing <laughs> oh, it don't fraser that might have been jamie Whedon. <laughs> You will never have a good podcast, Luke. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's let's move this on because when I was doing some research before this podcast, it always links to relationships, romantic mm. relationships. Almost everything you read is around that. And it got me thinking about what I said at the start is that you know, if I have a funny moment with Joe, my overriding feeling is don't go, don't leave me, don't abandon me. And it made me think, is jealousy linked to codependency? You I know? knew he was going to say that. Well, it's in my notes if you'd read it, but you don't read notes. <laughs> I do read your notes. They're a week old. <laughs> is jealousy linked to codependency? And there's quite a lot written. And, and I'm, I'm genuinely like here having real time kind of look at myself here. Mm. You know, that, that feeling of don't abandon me, there is an element of codependency there, right? Where is mm. that all linked? And is that is that healthy or unhealthy? I was, when you were talking before, I was wondering if they were linked or not. And I'm still, are they, are they? With the, with the codependency one, it's, I probably never even heard the word codependency two, three years ago. But now mm. it, seems, it seems to be popping up a lot. It's everywhere. I've got a friend, yeah. I've got a friend that goes to Coda meetings. Really? So yeah, yeah. And talks very openly about it with codependency in terms of it's the women in his life. So his mum, sister, and his fiance. Codependency, and again, I, I don't know enough about it, if I'm honest. But when you were talking about there, when I've had arguments in relationships, I don't know if it's that feeling of don't leave me or don't abandon. My thing is, I need to sort this out now. Like, I can't handle... Right, let's go to bed and we'll talk about this tomorrow. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to talk about this now. I need to fix this now. Everyone needs to be happy. Then we can go to bed. And on occasions, I've, I've just pushed and pushed and pushed because 
I feel so uncomfortable with someone else being unhappy. I feel so uncomfortable with an atmosphere. You want to fix it. I don't know if, yeah. And I think that goes back to a lot of like childhood stuff as well around arguments and all that kind of stuff. It's like, Mm. I want everyone to get along. But that would then lead me in a relationship to if the other person is completely in the wrong, I would kind of, in my opinion, (laughs) (laughs) I would still be the one going, right, come on, forget about it. Let's make up like, and, it, and it's me kind of people pleasing, not wanting that atmosphere. So even when I probably should stand my ground and go, no, this person's in the wrong here. It's me kind of going back going, right, come on, forget about what's happened. Let's fix this. And maybe that's a little element of that. I'm not too sure. I need to have a little mm. look more into that. But is it linked to jealousy? I'm not, I'm not sure. There's a guy I follow on Instagram called Mark. I think it's Mark Groves. I need to check that. And, and he's got this on Instagram. He he does loads of little clips around relationships and and love and all those sorts of things. And I just find it really interesting. And I never forget this. This was one clip he, he did. And he was talking about, essentially, is it a bad thing to worry that your partner might leave you? Right? <laughs> and... I thought, wow, this is really interesting because you don't hear that. By the way, I'm not putting an opinion on it right now. I'm just opening it up that most of what you hear and what you you know maybe feel you should think is that you shouldn't ever feel like that. You should feel safe and your partner's there forever and you're, mm. you know, you're in that that safety area. And he was challenging it, going, "Well, is it? Should you?" Because if you do not worry, but there's that an underlying in the back of it, then then you're going to bring your best. Maybe mm. I don't know. I know that some of them is probably people listening to this screaming now, going, <laughs> "No, that's totally wrong." You bring your best when you feel safe. But it's really interesting, isn't it? And it's like the the jealousy, the codependency kind of link is if you're all in, you are all yeah. in, and I am without trying to sound like a desperate romantic, I am all in with Joe, 100%. Mm. I adore her. I love her. I'm, I, there's no plan B here. I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. Then is it such a bad thing to do that? Or, you know, are you then holding, oh, no, I don't want to be codependent. I don't want to, you know, and I, you hold something back. I don't know. I'm just opening it up if, over to our love expert, mm. Fraser Franks. <laughs> It's an interesting one. It's a really interesting one, that. Like, do you throw your, you know, throwing yourself in totally, like all in, are emotions like jealousy, codependency, are they going to come with you or not? I think if you're going to be with someone, you have to go all in. Like, I genuinely believe that. Is it the worst thing in the world? What was it? Is it the worst thing in the world to have that thought of they might leave you? Yeah, he was basically, Mark was saying... If you never think your partner might leave you, do you slide into a territory which is so safe yeah, you, yeah, stop, yeah. you yeah. stop making an effort in whatever manner it might be in, in yeah. you know, checking in to see how they are, the bedroom, how you look, all those sorts of things? Yeah. I think you can go absolutely all in without getting complacent. And I think that okay. I think that's the key. I've been talking with someone recently about this actually about you know, people say, talk about the honeymoon phase, you know, someone's together for 
they're in their first year together and people are like, yeah, but it's, you know, it's that honeymoon phase. Some people have this limiting belief that that is a phase. I, I genuinely, and I've always I don't believe fought that. against, I, thank you. I've always fought against this. I've always thought against this where if you're saying, oh, it's a honeymoon phase, wait until two, three years down the line when this is happening and that's happening. You're going into a relationship with a limiting belief that it's going to start really nice and brilliant, but then it's going to fade and it's going to be like everyone else's marriage and it's going to be this and it's going to be a trudge. Why? Genuinely, I've, I've always had this belief. If you're as committed as you are in that first phase of dating where you've actually got to try and impress. So I, I think that's a really good trait to still want to impress your wife five, 10 years down the line. But mate, that goes to that point. That goes yeah, to what yeah. you see. I can, well, you yeah, went early on. It's because you're trying to win yeah. them over. And like what Mark Groves was saying was, shouldn't you always feel like that? Because it brings, you, you put the, you know, there you go. Mm, yeah. And, and as I was saying that sentence, I could feel that kind of coming in. If I'm, if I'm in a, a long-term relationship, I still feel like I want to, right, I need to impress her here. I want to keep it. Like, I don't want it to be, oh, look how it was. Remember what it was like in that first six months or that first year when you used to do this and you used to do that and we go here and we go. Like, I, I've always had that belief that it shouldn't It shouldn't be something that where you get, and, and maybe that's where it comes in, where people get so safe, so complacent. This person's never leaving me, so I haven't got to worry. I haven't got to impress them. Why should I have to do this. They should love me for who I am. They should love me when I'm just sat here doing that. And for me, I want to, I want to keep impressing someone. I want to keep that. I want to keep that. And maybe if you've got that thought, maybe it does keep you on your, on your toes a little bit so far as it doesn't go too far the other way. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. There's it. Yeah. There's a balance. There's that line. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, totally. A lot of unhealthy relationships, maybe that get to that certain point where two people have got quite complacent. Maybe there's a tendency for one of the people in the relationship to try and make the other person jealous just to try and keep them on their toes a little bit. So you might end up with, yeah. yeah, with someone trying to spark it to create a little bit of jealousy to see if that person still cares or still wants to fight for them kind of thing. So mm. maybe that's where the unhealthy side of it creeps in. What you're saying, I, I believe in totally, you know, that, that honeymoon mm. period is this kind of, it feels like an old structure of of where relationships are. And it's ah, oh, we've got a mm. couple of kids now, and you know, it's yeah. just where it is. And as as we've said, there's there is boundaries and there's balance in this that can tip one way or the other. But I've always thought with Joe, my wife now, we're not actually married, but I always call her my wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just claim it. Yeah. Is I don't want to be that guy that, you know. Like we don't really go to pubs, but you know what I mean. Go, goes to the pub and meets his mates. Yeah. He goes, oh, "How's the missus? Yeah. Oh, you know, she's all right. You know, the other, the, the other half, chain. the old ball and chain, <laughs> the old handbrake." I just don't want that. I, I nah. just, I'm like, what is that? And then you know, your other half meeting her girlfriends, boyfriends, or whatever, and, and yeah. going, you know, how's uh, how's Fraser? Oh God, you know, <laughs> that's that shouldn't be the yeah. way it is, is it? And it's, I think it's. I actually think it's a real cop out that people do that. It's like, come on, mm. like get get your ass off the seat and go. Come on, I need to work on my relationship. I need to yeah. be proactive. And jealousy of going right, you can't talk to anyone else, or that that's going into an unhealthy zone. But mm. having a kind of like, and I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but I really don't want to lose you. Yeah, I don't want you to go. 
link to, I want to be in this team. I don't want to be mm. dropped from this team. It's a powerful, important emotion, I think. Going back to like the what you just said there, I don't want to be dropped from this team. Mm. There's been times where I've been in a football team, for example, and I know no matter how badly I play, I'm in that team because I've I've kind of like cemented my place in then another you team. Best. And then I and then I can get I can slip up. I can be complacent. Yeah. I can go, you know what, if I make a mistake here, I'm probably gonna play next week anyway. Not that I was going into it with that mindset, but you have that underlying thing of you know, I've done enough, I've got enough credit in the bank here that if I have a bad game, I'll be playing next week. Where other team other times you go, if I don't play well today, I'm straight out that team. And it's the same kind of feeling like this, I need to be on my toes here. I need to impress the manager. I need to make sure that I'm fully, I'm fully here today, that I'm not thinking about next week or I'm switched off. And it's that same crossover. And it's, for me, it's about me letting myself get complacent. And then that can kind of creep in. There's that link. That's, that's what I was kind link. of, yeah. And mm. that, that's what I wanted to, to really dive into. In some ways, it, it reminds me of a conversation I had with a, a therapist, a, a somatic a therapist, which I won't go into right now, who I know really well. And she, we were talking about hate, right? Mm. And th- this can be another podcast for us. You know, we, we often hear about how, well, we shouldn't hate, don't feel hate. And, and do you know what? I'm guilty of saying it to my children. We're like, come on, we don't mm. hate anyone. And, you know, it's really negative. She challenged me a bit on it. It's like, well, no, hate's a very powerful energy. It doesn't mean you have to act on mm. in a hateful way, but you can allow yourself to feel it and then process it and then move on with it in a in a powerful way that that pushes you forward. And it's kind of a similar sort of thing of going, well, you know, I should never feel jealous of my partner. Mm. Well, where if we're going into the place where it's like you wake up and you go, do you know what? She's I adore her. She's loved my life. Have I asked her how she is recently? And no, I haven't. And then that might mean mm. she might, you know, she might go off me. Well, I I need to go and sit down and go, how are you? Mm. You know, tell me, tell me what's going on. And that's a positive thing. And mm. it's I think the point of this, well, like with all our podcasts, but this one, it's just to challenge that thought, isn't it? Mm. You know, challenge these things to get hopefully people who are listening to this. It, you know, it sparks thoughts in their own lives. There are certain emotions that are in society deemed, oh, you shouldn't feel that, but they're natural human emotions that you cannot avoid. So things like jealousy, anger, hatred, what you just said there. And if you try and suppress all of those and go, yeah, no, no, I don't feel any of those, you're probably going to have an occasion where it just sparks out. And it's like that pressure cooker that you talk about. It's like, right, yeah, I'm, I'm this really placid guy. I can push all this down. I don't get jealous. All of a sudden, one little moment comes out and you fly off the handle. That's probably what's going to happen if you try and live this life where you suppress absolutely all of those. And there's a, there's a guy that we're going to get on here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks anyway, who's a coach. He was talking to me about a, a baseball coach that he's working with and he went with a family to the family home. He said to the baseball coach's wife, how does he express his anger and she was like, oh, no, no, he never, ever, he never gets angry. Like he's nothing, nothing ever gets, sets him off. And he made him do like this little challenge where he said, right, there's a load of pillows over there. I want you to go and just take out a little bit of anger on these because it's a good feeling for you to have. He said he literally went to town <laughs> on these. There was feathers flying up. and But but he said like, it's, I've been guilty of this. Like, no, like going down the yoga path where I'm really chilled and, I want a little bit of anger in my life. I need to have a little bit of aggression every now and then. It's it's, it's a human, you know, as, as men as well. I think it's 
it's important for us to feel that at times in the right way. And as we've talked about before, if it's controlled, if it's in in the right environment, that kind of thing, then it's then it's a it's a healthy emotion and one that shouldn't be suppressed. Totally. Even, no, just, no. even just doing this has made me think about it, doing this podcast. This made you angry. Talk about it. This <laughs> <laughs> made me... It's... <laughs> You're going to get a pillow and just smash the hell yeah. out of it. It's made me reflect on, on things I haven't I haven't done before. So On Monday, uh, Joe went out to meet some, some friends for dinner. She got all dressed up, came downstairs, and I thought, my God, she looks unbelievable. She looks amazing. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, she's going to go to somewhere and there's going to be guys going, God, look at her, yeah. she looks amazing. I don't feel jealousy with that at all, but I mm. do feel I do feel like do you know I really need to stay on my game here a little mm. bit, you know. That's because a great she's, feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like I don't know if that if there's jealousy or codependency or all of these sorts of things. I don't know, but there's something in all of this that goes mm. actually. There's maybe a healthy element to this that we shouldn't discount. I just want to move this on because I had, I had a really interesting conversation yesterday with a good friend of mine and he listens to the podcast. He you know, said, what, what have you got coming up? And I said, well, we're doing one on, on jealousy, actually. And I told him I was going to talk about that conversation. So I'm not disclosing anything that untoward. But he said to me that he, he actually does have some issues around jealousy, which he feels stems from his childhood and his adolescence where he found found out that his father had cheated on his mother and he really had to care for his his mum and she was absolutely devastated by it and through his teenage years into being a young adult that was very his life was very much dedicated to caring for his mum who, who suffered from depression and and it really really affected her badly and that he has struggled with emotions of jealousy because he feels that that had a real trauma on him. And he also didn't have those years to mature and come to terms with feelings like jealousy and, not, you know, what we've talked about, actually, mm. because he had to spend so much time concentrating on his on his mother. And then mm. as an adult, he's now, you know, having to deal with some of those things and, and go, oh, my God, where do I place this? And how does that feel? And I thought that was really interesting because i know that we're we are going to talk more about uh, you know i think we've talked about doing something around toxic parenting and i'm i'm not necessarily saying yeah that fits for this but it's the the trauma someone feels from their relationship with their parents and what happens and how it affects certain areas of their life for him dealing with jealousy because mm. it affects him now and he's a married man and he and he looks back on those years and goes, I didn't have time to get on top of this. And I think that's that's fascinating. Mm. It is, and it's those those early traumas and experiences are stored, aren't they? They don't they mm. don't they don't go away, they're stored and they're used as a reference for like future decision making, I think. So if you're if you've got someone from a completely different background that hasn't experienced that, that goes into a relationship very, very innocent and doesn't have that kind of baggage around it, if you like. If they don't have that ex that negative experience around it, mm. then they're going into it eyes wide open. Whereas for, for him, maybe, he's going in with a little bit of trepidation of, oh, this, this could happen, that could happen. Yes, I do think that. But also, it, it made me realise that maybe as when we are teenagers and going through the kind of puberty years into being a young adult, 
what happens is we have to learn to start to recognize these emotions, maybe not consciously, but mm -hmm. we start to, both of us have talked about, you know, what were our strongest memories of jealousy? And we referenced mm -hmm. days when we were teenagers, didn't we? Mm -hmm. So you're essentially having to experience that. I'm not saying you, you know, you, you kind of package it up nicely when you're a teenager, but you go through it. And mm -hmm. if you don't go through it for whatever reason, because your, your adolescence is signposted in a different way, mm. you don't have time to feel all of that and to understand it. And so then when you become an adult, it comes at you like a wave and you might not then have the tools to know mm. how to handle it. And I, I think that's really interesting where someone's childhood, adolescence, how powerful and important it is to learn to deal with something like jealousy. Again, though, it's not, it's not, it's one of those taboo kind of subjects that isn't talked about. You shouldn't really feel it. I think I don't think I don't think many people will have a conversation or admit to feeling jealous in certain moments. But when you're when you're that age and you're he's subconsciously, you know, he's an older man now. He's subconsciously taking a lot of that in without even realizing or paying any attention to it. It's only when you get certain a certain way down the line and kind of look back, you go, wow, that that probably played a huge part there that I wasn't even really aware of. And I've got my own inst instances with that of feeling something similar to, to what you talked about there. I don't associate it, associate it with the feeling of jealousy. I'm not sure his experience would be very different to mine, but it definitely made me, had an impact on me seeing what I saw as an, at an early age and going, this is what I want to be as a man, not that. This is what I want to be. And mm. going into going into future relationships, it was like, I have this these values that I will stick by no matter what. And I look back now and go, yeah, they they definitely came from from childhood years. So I know that we we take in so much, and it's why I'm very conscious with a four year old daughter, very conscious of certain things because I'm like, hmm, she could pick certain things up here that she may play out in future life without realizing what she's picking up at the minute, certain dynamics of, you know, living with two separate parents and new people coming into the house in the future and things like that. Like, what does she pick up from here? What does she kind of store within her? And what can I talk to her about? What can, you know, not at the age of four, but as she grows, mm. I want her to feel comfortable talking about, you know, some of the emotions that we've talked about today. But it is really important to understand how much kids take on and, and how it can play out in future relationships, I think. I just think of like the w Wimbledon tennis final, right? So it's, it's that, you know, one against one. And there's the winner who lifts the trophy. And they always do the interview at Wimbledon. They interview the winner and they interview the other person. Mm. And wouldn't it be really interesting if they interviewed the other person? They go, look, how are you feeling right now? And they went, Joe, I feel really jealous. <laughs> I feel really <laughs> jealous of the winner. <laughs> we don't really do it, do we? But it's not done, is it? It's like, oh, no, you know, I, he deserves, or he or she deserves, I, I, I didn't play my best, yeah. with, you, know, da, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. Someone just came on and goes, Joe, I just feel really jealous of them. I wish I was doing that. Mm. It'd be really refreshing in a way, wouldn't it? Because it'd be a really human emotion that you'd expect, wouldn't you? Yeah, but it's one of those ones that society tells you to hide, doesn't it? Like, exactly. The, the, the yeah. ones we talked about, like anger, resentment, jealousy, like 
Mm. It's like, oh God, if I say this, I'm going to be judged for saying it, even though that most people know that's the underlying feeling. Yeah, totally. totally. And it would, it's, it's just, a, it's a really interesting one that, you know, we, we don't, and, it, and that's why we're doing this podcast. I just want to kind of come back around on this a little bit, because we talked about, you, you brought up fear and insecurity at the start. You feel that that links to the feelings of jealousy, you know, that stems from it, which, which we've kind of gone around a little bit. And fear is a huge subject to do, and we'll do more on it. But where does that fear come from? So Nelly, okay, let's think about our own kids. Or uh, When they're born, they don't have fear, do they? Mm. So then what has happened for you to fear yeah. that you're – so if jealousy or an envy is, is born out of a fear, where does that come from? Experiences. I believe. So each experience that you go through, whether good or bad, I think leaves a little scar or a little impression, whatever way you, whatever way you look at it. And you collect them as you grow up. We, you know, we talked about this before about Nelly will hear naturally as a four-year-old, we'll hear a bit of music, we'll see a mirror, she'll instinctively dance, kiss herself, do all that kind of stuff because she hasn't really experienced judgment or what other people think of her she's she's completely free of all that as she grows older and she's in our society she'll probably pick up on people looking or conversations or am I doing this right or I don't look like that person or that person's better than and you start collecting these experiences which then shape your decision making going forwards I don't know. Are we are we born completely free of fear? Do you think? Uh, oh god! Don't they do that test point. when a baby's born yeah. of like going to drop it and the baby like kind of? Oh really? Oh uh, yeah, I'm, you're I'm right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, an instinct yeah, they, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, there must be a, there must be an instinct of certain things. But I mean, it, yeah. But I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, you don't have those you don't have those past experiences to kind of compare to. You just you're very innocent, aren't you? Yeah, I, I guess I guess it's if if we think jealousy is born out of comparison envy's born out of comparison or rivalry mm. Do, are you born with that rivalry comparison element how does where does that come in or is that just part of a human experience but again i, I kind of think it and uh, we'll do much more on fear for sure but i think what i'm trying to challenge in this podcast including mentioning fear is that i know for instance for me one of the overriding things I had to deal with in my own recovery was fear. I feared mm. everything. And you've talked about the same. And so therefore, it's very easy for us always to place some of these emotions in the negative box. It's like fear's bad. Yeah. Jealousy's bad. Envy's bad. And actually what I'm trying to challenge is saying, well, maybe it is, mm. but maybe there are elements at times which are healthy healthy mm. fear neanderthal man would would not put his head in a fire because he'd, he'd mm. go out oh, no because i'm going to burn myself and that's a yeah. healthy fear I, that's what i'm trying to say with all of these sorts of things i think there is always lines and borders and balance but i would really like people to come away from this podcast and go actually let me have a think about that do i in my own life go well that's a really bad emotion to have that jealousy or that envy i have has come from a fear and this is bad, and I actually go, well, no, I understand it, and therefore I can control it better, and it actually can be a positive in my life mm. so that I understand where it's coming from. So if 
my jealousy comes from I don't get jealous it's not jealousy but if I if I feel a sense of I don't want to be abandoned I don't want to be left do I go oh that's really awful that I feel like that that mm. must have come from something and da-da. or do I go okay I understand it and what it's going to do is going to bring the best out of me and a partner to move forward does that make sense mm. yeah is that what you'd say to someone that say someone's listening to this and they label themselves I'm a I'm a really jealous person my partner goes out and I want to know this and I feel this. Mm. And I, how, would you, how would you say to someone? That would be an un, unhealthy level of jealousy in my mm. mind, you know. But mm. I think if I flip that question and go, if somebody said to me, I never feel jealous or envious mm. of anything, then I would be a bit like, hmm, okay, really? Or is that you just trying to pretend you never do? Mm. It's like, I never, ever, ever feel any negative emotion because I don't, because I, it's negative. So I don't want to recognize it in my life, or I do, and I'm just going to channel it in the right way. Oh, and on the, on the, there's a Jay Shetty podcast that I listened to a week ago because we were going to record this a week ago. He said about three A's when you're, when you're dealing with jealousy or you feel like you are jealous. And he said, awareness is like the first one. So actually recognizing that it is jealousy that you're feeling. Then he said, addressing it, amending it. And he, he talked, he talked through it. Good. It's a really good podcast, not better mm. than our one, but it's a good one that you should listen to afterwards. <laughs> and there's, uh, you know, like we've said, there's, there is that crossover of, of jealousy and envy, but he was saying about jealousy is like feeling threatened, protective, fearful, suspicion. He, he like used those words around it. And then envy, it was more like wanting what someone else has, you know, and, and kind mm. of differentiating the two, but. He also said, like, when, when thinking about other people, he said, we're only jealous of people we know less about, which I thought was like a really interesting quote yeah, that, that he used. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Say that again. We're only jealous of people we know less about. Yeah. So, like, when you're looking at someone on social media, you, you don't, you're only mm. seeing that little part and you don't know much about them. You don't know how they are away from it. You don't know what it takes to live that life or whatever it might be. So you don't know much about them, but you're seeing one aspect and you're maybe getting jealous of that mm. or that, that like feeling's that. arising. Do yeah. you just say that again? And the three A's was awareness, Aware, address, address, amend. Yeah, I like that. You see, because mm. that that goes into feel it and awareness mm. means feel it, recognize it, address it, and then, if, and then amend it if you need mm. to amend it in a way. It's not go, don't feel it. It's feel yeah. it, you know, and I mm. like that. That that really fits well. I think when we listed this as something we were going to talk about, I've really changed my thought process on it. When we had jealousy, I was first thing that came up in my head. I'm not a jealous person. That was the first thing that came up. I'm not. It's not really something I feel. Mm. And then talking about it, going actually, I do, and it's probably a good thing for me to feel at times. It is, and it's, it's okay. Served me. It served me pretty well, and it is okay. Yeah. So yeah, these, these things like we, again, because in society it's labeled as a bad emotion kind of. So mm. people go, oh, I don't want that. But actually when you, when you talk about it and you understand it a little bit more, it's like, no, it's not, there's no real such thing as a bad emotion. If it's felt in a certain way and there's a reason why it's a human emotion, it probably serves us, it serves us pretty well at times. So yeah, I've, I've definitely changed my thought process on it for sure.
to everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Understanding Men podcast. You, as ever, can find us on all major social platforms, including Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And we will be promoting every episode via our own personal social media handles. So please come and find us. If these podcasts, you've listened to it and you fundamentally disagree with what Fraser said, no, <laughs> what I, what, with what either of us have said, please tell us. Honestly, we're not here to just get someone going, yeah, I, I agree totally with that. We want to hear all sides. So please come and find us, message us, tell us what you think. We want it to be as interactive as possible. So please feel free to do so. Also, if you've liked what you've heard, then please hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. And lastly, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review. And of course, a five-star rating would be wonderful. Thank you and goodbye for now.